Another day, another poll, same results. A new Wall Street Journal poll shows that Trump continues to dominate. This poll was taken right after the debate, but they literally, they polled people knowing that they had already seen or were likely to have seen the debate. Trump surged to 59%, 45-point lead over the second-place a candidate, which is Ron DeSantis. DeSantis actually got a bump in this poll, slight bumps. He's at 14% in this poll. Most of the other candidates did not break double digits, of course. But Trump, 59. DeSantis, 14. And the trend continues no matter what, whether he gets indicted or doesn't get indicted, whether he chooses to debate or chooses not to debate. And by the way, clearly, clearly the choice not to debate was an excellent choice because it hasn't hurt Trump in the polls one bit. Look, a couple of the other candidates got a little bit of a bump, a little bit of a surge. That post-debate, that's going to happen because people are seeing them for the first time. I, you can't make the case, well, Trump is at 59%, but if he had debated, then he would have gotten the bump. He'd be at 64%. Everybody knows Trump. A lot of these people had not seen, maybe, you know, most of them know DeSantis. You'd be surprised. Some of them, they're familiar with him, but have they actually seen him perform on a debate stage? No, or Nikki Haley you know, or some of these other candidates. But anyway, it's just amazing. All right, coming up, Democrats are bringing back mask mandates. Okay, look out. Literally, there are third graders in Silver Spring, Maryland, who have to wear masks right now. Those poor, adorable little third graders being forced to wear masks for the next 10 days because a few of their classmates tested positive for COVID. COVID is not harmful to healthy children. Look, if the third grader has asthma, third grader has some kind of pre-existing condition, in those rare instances, send the kid home. Don't put, don't bring the kid anywhere near the classroom if there's COVID in the classroom. But for any regular healthy child, the, the a kid is so incredibly low risk. It's literally more risky for them to get on the school bus, probably without a seatbelt, by the way, because these school, school buses are not equipped with safety belts very often, which, by the way, is a whole different story for a different day because that drives me crazy. That's very, very outrageous to me. But it's, I know it's rampant. But either way, the kid is, it's more dangerous for the kid to get on the school bus and travel to school and back than it is for the kid to worry about being exposed to COVID. They're putting on masks and it's happening there that New York City now, the health department is, is recommending masks because there's a COVID surge. This variant is the, by, by far, as far as I can tell, this variant is not a dangerous variant to people who are healthy people, to people who are young people. The masks don't work. And speaking of that, plus Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky has fired his defense minister. He's trying to weed out corruption. Why is Zelensky suddenly deciding to weed out corruption now? What suddenly happened that Zelensky is firing all of his top military officials because they're so corrupt, they're taking bribes, kickbacks, and you name it. They're doing all sorts of scandals. We'll talk about it. Well, why now? I'm going to explain. New York City is imploding. I'm not talking about the masks. I'm talking about... The, the illegals. And by the way, these illegals, you talk about spreading disease. These de Democratic hypocrites, the Democrats are such hypocrites. It is such a disgrace that here they're telling people to mask. They're telling people they got to get their fifth COVID booster, sixth COVID booster or whatever. And meanwhile, they're allowing these illegals rampantly roam the streets of New York City and attend public school. They get free schooling, right? They're not vaccinated. They bring all sorts of malaria, all sorts of other diseases, and they're not vaccinated. And they, they let them in. They don't even uh, uh, require that these illegals who are public school students get vaccinated before they attend school. If, if you're in the country legally, you're not getting anywhere near a school. You're not getting within 10 blocks of the school if, if, if they're not up to date with their vaccine. So that's totally egregious. So we will get to all of that. I, I, I'm going to play you a Fauci clip in a moment where Fauci flip-flopped on masks, said something that was totally, totally false and absurd. 
and and just ridiculous and ludicrous. And they just continue to give Fauci a platform. He's gone now. He's not in charge anymore. Not making any decisions. Totally revising history and somehow somehow escaping the blame. I mean, a million COVID deaths by their count. A million COVID deaths. I, I, I can't even get the words out. I can't even utter the words. It's so so so. And again, with COVID versus. Because of COVID, what's a COVID death? I understand that the numbers are, and that's their fault. That's Fauci's fault, 100%, Michelle Walensky and the CDC and the government. So we don't know. The numbers are very, very vague, but by their own standards. Remember Fauci said, worst case scenario, he was projecting like 275,000 deaths, and that was obviously one death is too many. That number was was beyond comprehension back then in 2020. And then the, the number turns out to be four, maybe four times that amount, and yet Somehow Fauci's not to blame. Fauci doesn't have blood on his hands, and he made all the wrong decisions. He kept flip-flopping back and forth. He made terrible, terrible. Every decision Fauci made was, you know, just uh, was ineffective. It was the wrong one. Did not work. And very often went against the science, and he had his own political motive. So I'm going to play you a clip of him being asked about actually CNN, believe it or not. A CNN host actually confronted Fauci about the mask study that we've been talking about. We've spoken about many, many times that one of the biggest, one of the most prominent uh, scientific uh, journals actually conducted this analysis and came out that masks were totally, mask mandates were totally ineffective. Masks don't spread COVID. And and Fauci actually admitted it and then still defended the mask. This this. This uh, clip makes me so angry listening to him, you know, just just say this gibberish, just talk, say this drivel. All right, that's coming up. Uh, the Commerce Secretary was hacked by China. You cannot make this stuff up. Uh, the Commerce Secretary, what is her name? Gina Raimondo, President Biden's Commerce Secretary, was hacked by China. Her email account was hacked by China. By the way, it's an act of war. That is an act of war. I don't know what the what, what the retribution, what the retaliation should be. I'm not saying that you launch a missile into China, but like you either hack them back or you shut something of theirs down, shut down like their power grid for three days or like some, Trump, believe me, Trump would be responding here, unlike Biden. But this, it gets even worse because she went over there and spoke to them and she supposedly like lectured them. You, you, you can't be hacking the email. First of all, how terrifying is it that the Chinese are hacking the email? Aren't we supposed to be safer than that? That itself is like insane that they're hacking the email of the Commerce Secretary and reading her emails. You tell me that if they could do that, they can't do that with the Secretary of State and, and with Blinken and with like all these other you know high level and, and even the FBI and the CIA. Well, no, those are... Those are very well encrypted. Those are highly secure. Are, are you kidding me? You're telling me that the Commerce Secretary, they don't use the same email secu- you know, securities? Like they don't actually have the same protocols for email security and uh, for cybersecurity when it comes to like the official account of the Commerce Secretary and the Secretary of State or the head of the CIA or the head? Of, I, I just don't believe that or the president for that matter, although the president, the least of my worries, if I had a choice and China was like going to hack, they were, they were like for sure going to hack like some account, email account, the question was which account, I would say give, give them Biden's account because trust me, there's nothing in there of any intelligence. But although he might be having interesting communications with Hunter. But anyway, here's the thing. China is saying that it was unintentional. It was a mistake. China said, well, we're sorry that we hacked your email, but we did it by mistake. You know, don't you hate it when you hack somebody's email account by mistake? How do you hack an account by mistake? You know, like the other day, I don't know. Like, you know, FBI comes to my door. You know, we noticed that you hacked into Warren Buffett's bank account. Oh, yeah, the funniest thing, I'm just randomly typing. My child, my two-year-old is just randomly typing uh, keys on the keyboard and mistakenly hacked into Warren Buffett's bank account. 
we we apologize. Like they're admitting China. This is how much they laugh at us. This is how much they belittle us and ridicule us. And we're a laughing stock. We are a laughing stock. Make no mistake. And under Trump, they were terrified and they were upset about the tariffs and they did all sorts of shenanigans against Trump. But they never, ever messed with him. And they never mocked us like this and ridiculed and belittled us here. They, they literally just are laughing at us. Wow, those Americans uh, led by Biden, they are a joke because we can hack into the account of Gina Raimondo, the uh, Commerce Secretary, and then she calls us out on it. And then we say, that was a mistake. Yeah, we, we're just typing a bunch of keys there just at the computer, just typing, typing, typing. And lo and behold, wow, we hacked the high, one of the highest members of the cabinet members in the country. Here, here's a quote from... Gene Ramondo talking to Dana Bash or Dana Bash on CNN. Quote, I was very clear, direct, and firm in my conversations with my Chinese counterparts. I don't pull any punches. I didn't sugarcoat. And no one is more realistic about the challenges. As it relates to the hack, I brought it up. I said, we know what's going on. It erodes trust, really. And I wanted to be clear with them that we are not foolish. We are not close-eyed about the reality of what they're trying to do. So Bash says to her, I wish I had the clip of this. Bash says, how did you respond? And she says, you know, they suggested they didn't know about it. They suggested it wasn't intentional. But I think it was important that I put it on the table and told them that it's hard to build trust when you have actions like that. And quote, are you kidding me? Like, this is so, I'm so embarrassed to live in the same country as this person, let alone that this person is, is, is in charge of the Department of Commerce. Hey, I, I brought it up. I told them it erodes trust. Like, she's literally sitting there saying, I didn't pull punches. I didn't sugarcoat. Yes, you did. You, like, you literally, like, you looked like a total, you made a total fool of yourself. I was clear, direct, and firm in all my conversations with my Chinese counterparts. As relates to the heck, I brought it up. I said, we know what's going on. We're not foolish. You could not be more foolish. Because then, how did they respond? Well, they suggested they didn't know about it, and they suggested it wasn't intentional. But it's important that I put it on the table. Okay, well, either they didn't know about it, or it wasn't inten- if it's in- if it's not intentional, that means we know about it. It just wasn't intentional, right? So which one is it? It's that they don't know better, or it wasn't intentional. And yeah, it was unintentional. We unintentionally hacked into the email of the commerce secretary. I- it-, it makes my skin crawl. All right, so here's an actual headline. Then we'll get to Fauci because this is related to Fauci. Uh, there's a headline in some some European, some British paper or some European paper or something. Quote, England will deny COVID. I assume, I don't know, there's some mainstream media outlet. Quote, England will deny COVID and flu jabs to healthy people under 65 despite health fears. Despite health fears. So unbelievable. The mainstream media, they're still on this bandwagon with the COVID. England, give, give credit to the UK because the UK is following the science. They're one of the only ones. So the UK is literally banning. You cannot get the COVID vaccine. If you're under 65, it was under 50, and now it's under 65, obviously, unless somebody has some sort of pre-existing condition. Not only are they not letting children have the COVID vaccine, they're not letting have they're not letting, letting healthy adults get the COVID vaccine, anyone under 65. And look how the media spins it. England will deny the COVID jab to healthy people or to people under 65, despite health fears. So, like, England's the bad guy. Like, what do you think, like, England's sitting there? You think they don't want to make the money? Whoever, big pharma, whoever's making the money, you think that they don't want to go... And like, why? What is their agenda? They like they think that that England is so fanatical right wing that they're so anti vat No, the, the, England is trying to protect people because they understand that the benefits, that the risks of the vaccine outweigh the benefits of the vaccine. And if somebody's healthy, then their risks of COVID at this point uh, are so incredibly small. And the vaccine doesn't prevent COVID anyway. And who, who knows the vaccine even helps with COVID? So. Like, like it's unbelievable. And yet the media is flipping around. Oh, look, evil England. Look at England. They're so anti-vax that even though they're hurting people by doing this, but they're not going to let people. England is following 
the science because the data is still limited. The vaccine is still new. There's all sorts of very, very troubling data. The, va- the, the vaccine, the pharma companies, by the way, have not have refused to be transparent. They've refused to release a lot of the clinical trials and a lot of the risk factors. There's all these stories, anecdotal evidence, which is very scary. All right. So and on that note, but it's unbelievable how I don't understand, you know, how a doctor in the United States can give a vaccine, COVID vaccine, to a two-year-old. How they live with themselves, look in the mirror, how they sleep at night to a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, a healthy kid whose risk of COVID, statistically speaking, of, of, of having any sort of complications from COVID are nil, are non-existent. And you're giving the kid this vaccine and you don't know what kind of harm the vaccine could cause. We don't know because they don't know. You're going to say, but they know, you know, the, how did they, I want, oh, because the CDC told them, FDA told them, there's not enough years of trials. They can't know, if you tried to know, you can't know this thing is so new. And, and, and how these doctors with a conscience, I'm not saying they all do it, but many of them seem to do it, whether they recommend it, but how do you do it? How do you stick that needle and inject you know, knowing that you have no idea what you're putting in that poor child. I have to just vent that. I'm sorry. I just can't. I just can't understand it. All right. Let me play this clip. This is Michael Smirkanich, who's actually he's not as leftist as some of the others on CNN. But, you know, he's obviously leans left and he's confronting Fauci on the mask studies. Listen to this clip. And that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level, that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it, but there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in the Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference he told the journalist Mayan Demasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality? Surgical or cloth masks makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you're no, lie. Broad population level like the Cochrane study the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety. That's a bit different than the broad population. How absurd is that? It makes no sense if you just understand how analyses work, how a study works, to say, well, yeah, the study on the broad pandemic level, yeah, well, because he's admitting it. Fauci is actually admitting he's not discrediting the study like some people tried to do. 
He's admitting that the study is legit, and it's and he can't not admit that because Cochrane, like I said, they are one of the most credible. Okay, they they have one of the most. I mean, when it comes to science, they are like like one of the pristine uh, research journals, and the you know what people who conduct these the groups who conduct these studies this Cochrane group. So it's impossible for anyone who's self proclaimed man is a man of science to possibly discredit or debunk the study. So what does he say? Well, and he does this all the time. He always splits his, he comes up with some nonsensical, meaningless distinction. And then he says, well, yeah, but that's as far as the, the, the pandemic as a whole. But if you look at individuals, individuals can prevent spreading it. Okay, here's why it makes no sense because, and again, I'm not going to get into the weeds of the science here, but, and he's wrong. There are, there are really almost, I've looked into this extensively, as you know, no, when it comes to cloth masks, cloth masks are a total joke. Cloth masks, like I always say, uh, if you ever see somebody and, I'm not saying you ever saw this, but if you ever see somebody take a whiff of a cigarette, a puff of a cigarette, and be wearing a cloth mask and then exhale and blow the smoke, you'll see the, the, the smoke blowing across the room, okay? Those cloth masks, they don't stop microscopic particles, which COVID uh, is tiny, tiny microscopic particles that can get through the, the, the cloth, the fabric. So those are a joke. CNN scientists, everyone admits it. Rand Paul literally was canceled by YouTube, literally was suspended from YouTube because he said cloth masks are ineffective. And now everybody agrees to Rand Paul that cloth masks are ineffective. Nobody's apologizing to the man or admitting that he was right and never deserved to be canceled. But here's the thing. When, when they do a study, right, you can't do a study on one person. A study isn't like, okay, we're going to follow this one guy and see does this one guy spread COVID. How does that make any sense? We're going to we're gonna take five people and we're going to study them individually. Did they, did they spread COVID or not? And then we're going to know, like... What do the five people do? Well, three of them did, two people. It doesn't work that way. The only way you could do a study by definition is by studying the mass trends, by studying the masses. So you have to take two groups. You Let's say take a 1,000 people, and you'll take two groups of, let's just say, of a 1,000 people. One of them uh, is wearing masks. One of them is not wearing masks, okay? And then you compare the results. You look at this 1,000 versus that 1,000, and the control group is not wearing masks. The other group is wearing masks. And if the group wearing masks spreads COVID less than the group not wearing masks, then that shows you that the masks help, if not, not. So by definition, you're taking groups, large groups of people. That's the only way. So, if, so to say, well, yeah, large groups of people, they spread COVID around, but one guy wearing a mask, there are studies that show that he does not spread, he could prevent, well, what is that? What are you talking about? And I want to read you here. There's this person that's that, very good on Twitter, very vocal. He actually flipped. He's He's actually a scientist and he used to, be pro-vaccine and pro-mass and all these things, and he switched. So he said, quote, uh, today on CNN, after devastating study citations from the interviewer showing that masks don't work, Fauci responded, but masks work on an individual level. But this is nonsense. Here's why. To do science on masks, you have a masked group and an unmasked group. Uh, you compare the rate of infection in each group. It's called a randomized trial. That's how science is done. If the rate of infection is the same, masks don't work. This was what the studies on masks showed no difference. Now, there's simply no such thing as scientific studies showing that masks work at the individual level. Fauci either does not understand how science works. Yes, I'm put throwing that in there. Or he is lying and making things up. Yes, both. All of the above. It's really that simple. Fauci is saying gobbledygook in order to keep the idea of masks alive. It's incredibly shameful for him to abuse science in this way. It's par for the course he, in the way he's communicated science throughout the entire – remember, and they faked the science and the great Barrington and, and Sweden. And I could just go on, and I'm going to go on and on here a little bit. We haven't talked about COVID in a while and, and, and medicine, and I know I've avoided it in the past. But at this point, I think it's so clear. I think it's so, so, so clear that these people, starting with Fauci, these scientists are just a bunch of liars, these men of science, people of science – and manipulating data and abusing data and just literally they're a bunch of phonies. They are, uh, you know, snake oil salesmen. They are charlatans, like you name it. And that's what they are. 
they're totally egregious and disgraceful in every single way. So it's about time to call them out on it. And and look, vaccines, like I said, UK banned vaccines even for adults, certainly for kids. By the way, the CDC on its website says the latest COVID variant, people who are vaccinated are more likely to get COVID, the new COVID strain. The new COVID strain, people who are vaccinated are more susceptible than people who are not vaccinated. It says that people who have had COVID in the past or people who are vaccinated, both are more likely to get the new COVID strain than people who have never been vaccinated and never had COVID before. So they're admitting, it's literally on the CDC website, at least I saw it quoted, I believe it's accurate. They're admitting that the vaccine made people more susceptible. Like I said, all sorts of other potential complications. You have bizarre things that are happening to young people. And here's the thing, like they just don't know, basically everything they told us is a lie. By the way, some masks, there's a new study now that some masks emit a toxic chemical and people can actually be getting sick and getting poisoned from the mask that they're wearing. So by definition, here's the thing, when nobody knows and it changes all the time, it's not science. That is not called science, okay? They're flipping a coin and that's fine. If you want to say, listen, we don't know, but they always tell us they know, they can never admit they don't know and then they change and then they flip and then manipulate data and then you call them on it and they start making stuff up that makes absolutely no sense. And that is not science. That is literally the antithesis of science. All right, so um, Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky, uh, he's weeding out corruption. Why is he weeding out corruption now? Because they basically told him, the Democrats have basically warned him that there's a lot of opposition in Congress, as we know, as there should be, to sending more money to Ukraine, especially when Hawaii and Maui has been totally ravaged and they're not getting a, a, a tiny fraction of the funding. They, they, like like Ukraine is get, getting close to $100 billion, $70, $80 billion. And Hawaii is getting, what, a few a few million, a few hundred million, like a tiny, tiny fraction. Hawaii is in the United States. Ukraine is, what is Ukraine, the 51st state? So why is he weeding out corruption? Because a lot of Republicans and even some Democrats are saying, how do you send money to Ukraine? That money's literally ending up lining the pockets of these generals. The, the generals are pocketing the money. The money's it's it's all going there. The kickbacks, they're saying that they're buying equipment. I'm going to read you here some of what's going on here. It, it is so corrupt. What's going on with the money in Ukraine is so corrupt and that money's doing nothing. And and the proof is because Ukraine's losing the war I and mean, they're giving them a lot of money. Weren't they supposed to like be able to like knock out the Russians at this point? Well, because the money's not actually going to fight the war for the most part. So that's why he's weeding out corruption because they said, listen, you got to clean up because otherwise we have no excuse. We need an excuse to send you more money. But if you don't clean up your act, then they're going to be able to say we're not sending more money because uh, all the generals are corrupt. So he was tipped off. So now he's it, it, the whole thing now is just a, is smoke and mirrors where he appears to be cleaning up massive corruption because the media and even the Ukrainian people are catching on, by the way, to the corruption. The highest echelons of the military literally um, – and think about this. Ukrainians are probably the most corrupt country on the planet in the first place. Ukraine, is, Ukraine before this whole war, was an incredibly corrupt place. It's in their DNA. They steal. They take bribes. Like for us, like going to the grocery store and buying like milk and paying for it, that's them like stealing stuff off shelves or going and bribing and, you know, basically extorting and doing all sorts of other things. So like we send them billions. Like it literally it's been vanishing into foreign accounts. No exaggeration. Um, they've been overpaying for supplies, like the money, all they're coming up with all these shenanigans, but of course, because like I said, corruption is how they grow up. It's in their culture. So now you're sending them billions. What do you expect? Uh, if they do it when they're poor, they're going to do it when they have, they're rich with American money. So it's shameful. It's totally shameful. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Again, the American government, we're the buffoons, we're the fools, we're the laughing stock. And why on earth are we doing this? So the removal, I want to read you here, the removal of Ukraine's minister of defense, 
um, came after, and that was obviously he was fired by Zelensky, after reports of financial mismanagement, corruption, and graft. Graft is essentially when they like they pocket a part of the money. Their money is like allocated to like buy supplies or weapons or food or anything. And it's like double the price that it should be. And what, what ends up happening is this defense minister or whoever ends up taking, pocketing like half the money and saying, oh, yeah, that was the money that we used to buy supplies. And it ends up in some foreign bank account. So this underscores, I'm reading here from some uh, media article story, the underscores a pivotal challenge for President Zelensky's wartime leadership, stamping out the corruption that had been widespread in Ukraine for years. Official corruption was a topic that had been mostly taboo throughout the first year of the, of the war because Ukrainians rallied around their government. But Mr. Zelensky's announcement Sunday night, this last week, that he was replacing Defense Minister Oleksil Reznikov, elevated the issue to the highest level of Ukrainian politics. It comes at a pivotal moment um, as Ukraine is launching a counteroffensive, uh, and they need desperately need Western allies for military assistance. The allies have pressured Zelensky's government to ensure that Ukrainian officials are not siphoning off the billions of dollars that is flowing into Kiev. Just last week, Jake Sullivan, national security advisor, met with three high-ranking Ukrainian officials to discuss efforts to stamp out wartime corruption. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I read this, and it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to send them more money? Zelensky has responded to the pressure from allies. So it's unbelievable. He's weeding out corruption, not because he cares about weeding out corruption. And we know he's the most corrupt of them all, I would have to imagine. But it's because they're telling him, listen, you're not going to get any more money, and you desperately need this money. So now you have this anti-corruption action center in Ukraine led by... Daria Kalenyuk, and she said, the question is, where is the money? And corruption can kill, depending on how effective we are in guarding the public funds. The soldier will either have a weapon or not have a weapon. I'll tell you where the money is. The money is in the pockets of the of the defense minister and in the pockets of Zelensky. And he's just firing these people. That just means he's going to get to pocket more money for himself. So let me read you some of the various scandals and various corruption that they have uncovered. So two officials with the defense ministry, a deputy minister and the head of procurement, were arrested over reports of the purchase of overpriced eggs for the army. Zelensky fired the heads of military recruitment. We told you about that after allegations emerged that some took bribes from people seeking to avoid the draft. What a shock. He proposed his proposed initiative to treat corruption as treason set off a wave of criticism that could lead to an abuse of martial law powers. OK, yeah, Zelensky is going to be too too tough on corruption. Um, government officials acknowledge some military contracts failed to produce weaponry or ammunition. Some money has vanished, but most of the problems arose in the chaotic early months of the invasion. This is talking about probably U.S. government officials and have since been remedied. Give me a break. Nothing's been remedied. Nothing's going to be remedied. It's just going to be they're going to try to fake us out. It's going to be smoke and mirrors. So he's going to fire a bunch of people and arrest a bunch of people and say, well, Look, we weeded out, we rooted out corruption. We eliminated corruption. You can send us billions more. You don't have to worry anymore. Yeah, you spent billions of dollars and it went to people manufacturing eggs. It went to a bunch of generals. It's unbelievable. Ukrainian investigative journalists highlighted overpayment for basic supplies like eggs for 47 cents each, far above prevailing prices. According to Ukrainian newspaper, canned beans were bought from Turkey at more than the price for the same cans in Ukrainian supermarkets. Unbelievable. Do you believe it? The, the, the Ukrainian military, compliments of you and me, of the tax U.S. taxpayers, were a bunch of fools. Canned beans were bought from Turkey. They spent more than it would have cost them to go into the Ukrainian supermarket, the supermarket in Ukraine. We should all be beyond outraged. Also, they bought, the military bought thousands of coats that turned out to be insufficiently insulated for Ukraine's bitter winter. I, I mean, it's... It's disgraceful. Disgraceful is not the word. It, it's just it's just absolutely despicable. 
Mayor Eric Adams. I, I'm so this man is so egregious. Sorry, I, I know I'm being very positive here. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I read the news and I just tell you the facts. It's, it's not my fault. I don't make it up. Unlike CNN, I don't make up the news. Mayor Eric Adams. Um, he says that uh, this is going to destroy the city. The illegals, the migrant crisis, uh, aka illegals, is, are going to destroy the city. He's right. We told you, he finally caught on. We told you this uh, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, that this is destroying New York City, destroying many cities around the country. Best move ever was Texas and Florida sending, busing these illegals to New York City because that's where they belong. And this is what Texas has gone through for decades. Texas, every time there's a Democrat in office and they open up the borders, these little towns in Texas get invaded and nobody cares about them. Nobody does a thing. And now they're sending them to New York City. Suddenly you hear the Democrats whining like Mayor Eric Adams. But you know what? And and by the way, uh, and, and I'm so upset at Eric Adams for so many reasons. But the main thing is that he suddenly has flip-flopped and he's suddenly anti-illegals and he's suddenly anti-sanctuary city. But he's like, like he was the one who proudly proclaimed, declared that New York City is sanctuary city. Come on in. Come on in. And then they came on in. And then Governor Abbott said, oh, you know what? You want them good? We don't. Perfect. We're a good match. Here you are. And people got outraged. You're using these people as chess pieces. And, and it's funny because I saw a conservative on Twitter. I think she's a conservative. And she says, oh, I see I was wrong. I was wrong when I opposed busing the illegals to New York City. I see now that I was wrong. And it's like, well, well, why did she switch? She didn't explain. She didn't clarify. She just said my initial position was I was against it. You can't treat these people like chess pieces, the human beings. And now she suddenly realizes, oh, wait a second. This is a great move. What on earth was she thinking before? Isn't she still – if you believe that you're treating them like checks pieces, then what changed? The answer is because now she sees that it exposed the hypocrisy of Eric Adams and of all the Democrats who suddenly are anti. Now that it's in their own backyard, they're suddenly anti. You have so many Democrats, by the way, protesting against Eric Adams. They don't want it in their in their parks either. They don't want homeless uh, homeless shelters with a, full of illegals, shelters of illegals in their parks and their playgrounds and, 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 their, and, and hotels. Rose, by the way, Roosevelt – the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City – we're spending millions and millions of dollars per month, millions of dollars per month to to put illegals in hotels that we, you and I cannot afford. Uh, it's just it's like mind numbing. This whole thing is like surreal. It's not to be believed. And, and, and now Eric Adams, suddenly he's in court. This is what bothers me so much is the hypocrisy. And, and, and like I said, of course, it was a good move. And you're not treating them like chess pieces. I want to be very clear. Biden is treating them like chess pieces because the whole the Democrats, they don't care about. They step on these people. The Democrats, they view these people as vermin. Make no mistake. Democrats view illegals as vermin, but it suits their agenda. It fits their narrative. Let them in. Open up the borders. They'll they'll vote Democrat. Millions of new Democrat voters. It's a gold mine for Democrats. That's what this is all about. I don't care what anybody tells you. That's that's exactly the whole narrative here. And these people live in squalor and these people have terrible lives. And um, I understand they come willingly. I get that. But the, the Democrats are. So all we're doing is the, the governor of Texas and, and DeSantis, all they're doing is saying, listen, not here. OK, why are you putting them in our state? We're not a sanctuary state. You guys have sanctuary states. I'll just bust them right over to you. It's a win win. And now we're calling their bluff because they don't they, they like sanctuary cities. Eric Adams, when these migrants are down in Texas, but then they have no way to get to New York City. They can't afford a bus ride to New York City. Suddenly, if it's a free charter bus, the whole narrative changes, right? It's, and that's what bothers me so much about Adams is the hypocrisy because he's going to court and he's saying the, the, there's a law in New York City that anyone homeless is the government's responsibility. So anyone comes to New York City without shelter, they have a right to shelter. That's a New York that's a New York state law, a New York City law, and Adams is fighting against that. Number one, that's been in place for decades, okay? Bloomberg had no problem with it. Giuliani, you're blaming that law, and you want to overturn that law. 
There are homeless people in homeless shelters because of that law who are who are actually being sheltered by the government. So that again, we can debate that law, but Giuliani, Bloomberg, nobody had an issue with that law, and suddenly Mary Eric Adams wakes up and has a problem with that law. That's not the issue; is that law? And in fact, you're going to hurt a lot of homeless people. Nobody's talking about that. Furthermore, Eric Adams, he's he wants to um, get get uh, some illegals, thousands of illegals, out of New York City. He says they don't belong, and he wants them out of New York City. He's suddenly regretting the New York City sanctuary city. By the way. Don't pay for their schooling. Just because you have to pay for their shelter, don't you're paying for their schooling, their health care, their food, putting them up on hotels, all this other stuff. You're, you're, you're wasting hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars. Don't spend so much. Spend much less money on them. You're, you're literally a magnet. You're, you're begging them to come to New York City. And they're spreading malaria and diseases, like I said earlier. So Eric Adams, the ultimate hypocrisy here, how Mr. Sanctuary City, we're going to continue. We're so proud of it. He didn't see this coming. He's, it's destroying. It's destroying his own his own tenure over here, his administration, the city under Mayor Eric Adams looks so incredibly um, bad and foolish. This is a nightmare, political nightmare, because even Democrats, you know, if somebody runs for, for you know, when Eric Adams runs for election, uh, any, if anybody primaries him or even a Republican could beat him on the premise that you are destroying this city. How did you not see this coming? Everybody saw this coming. You're the only one in here. Now he's acting like, well, it's Biden's fault. Well, we didn't know. Well, this, well, that. You knew they were coming. You saw them coming. You, he either didn't didn't occur to him, or he was clueless, or his advisors gave him bad advice, or he doesn't read the paper. I have no I, I have no idea. There is a little, we're just going to get it's fine. We're just going to get billions, or he doesn't care about the city. The most likely scenario is chaos. That's what all these Democrats want. I really believe they want chaos. I really think that they think that that's the ultimate the ultimate way to lead to socialism is by, by when there's so much mayhem and chaos like there is now. The only option is more government money, more government programs more socialism. All right, we got to close it out here. President Biden has spent more than 40% of his time as president on personal trips away from the White House. This is the RNC actually um, calculated this. And Biden has spent, I mean, I wish he spent every day on vacation. It would only benefit us. And look, Trump said it the other day, he's a Manchurian candidate, which basically means he's a puppet. The man is a puppet. And now he's a puppet, not only of the Obama administration, the Susan Rice's and the you know former Obama officials, but he's a puppet of, of which is fright, frightening, a puppet of China, a puppet of Ukraine, because he's been bought off by all those countries, millions of dollars for the big guy. So the, the more time he spends away from the White House, like the only reason the country still even is dangling by a thread is because Biden has thankfully spent 40 percent of his time on personal trips away. I mean, this man has done more. By the way, he's been president, what, two and a half years. He has done more damage in two and a half years He's, it's everything that I imagined has come to fruition, and some people didn't see it coming. I've said this before that you know Ben Shapiro said he didn't think Biden could do this much. Now we talk about inflation, and you talk about the war in Ukraine and Putin, and uh, so many other, and obviously the border crisis and everything else. You know, and Iran developing a nuke. I mean, everything Biden could have messed up, he has messed up so royally, so much worse than. Anyone could have imagined, except me. I actually did imagine. I not only imagined, I predicted it. I'm not. I'm not the least bit surprised. But he's really, really bringing. And now, is it irreversible? It's not irreversible. If Trump is elected in 2024, can he reverse all this stuff relatively quickly? I'm not saying that other candidates can. I think Trump can. But um, Biden's made like a huge, huge, huge mess of things, and it's it's just astonishing that he just, he's still going. He's really they're letting him just still keep at it. Not not that I'm sure they have much of a choice. Uh, speaking of illegals, there was a huge number, not that Biden is illegal, um, but, um, you know, earlier we were talking about that. So there's a huge number of illegals that have been discovered may pose national security risks and may be linked to terror. And I'm talking, this is staggering and it's way, way, way up. So again, thank you, Biden. 
75,000, almost 75,000, according to the Daily Caller, almost 75,000 illegals have been flagged by CBP, okay, by Border Patrol, uh, as being potentially linked to terror or being a national security threat. 75,000. CBP flagged 74,900 illegals nationwide between October and August, between last October and this past August. So you're talking about less than a year, 74,900. This is absolutely, this makes your hair stand on end. This is chilling stuff. Um, Certain illegals are deemed to be special interest aliens because they may have travel patterns that have a nexus to terrorism, possibly have a nexus to terrorism, or they come from countries with links to terrorism. Um, so border patrol agent, listen to this, listen to how much this has increased under Biden in 2021. Um, there were 300, 300, 360, I'm sorry, 3,675. Wow. It'd be good if I can get the number out. There were 3,675 <laughs> encounters in 2021 with, um, I'm tired. I will admit that I'm a little tired. 3,675, and I have a tooth issue, but I'm not going to get into that now, but thankfully it's not so bad, but I do have a, a tooth issue, so I'm going to give myself a little slack, cut myself a little slack, 3,675 encounters with um, illegals who have potential national security, pose a potential national security threat in 2021, and 2022, that number jumped to 25,600, and now it's 74,900, and don't look now, but... The fiscal year is not over. Fiscal year goes from October through September. So it's another couple of weeks. All right, that's going to do it on this very busy episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. Stay positive. I know I don't make it easy, but stay positive. That's going to do it for today. We will see you next time.